Good morning. Good morning. Yes, good morning. It is a good morning. Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome as we gather together as Harvest Church this morning. My name's Chris. If I haven't met you, hello. Um, it's good to come together. Uh, it's good to be able to meet freely, to be able to worship God, uh, the living God who takes delight in our worship. And we're going to spend some time worshipping him in a moment. It's good to be able to come together to hear and consider his word and what his word says to us. And Sean is going to be sharing from Psalm 27, 28, <laughs> from the Psalms later on. <laughs> uh, and it's good to pray together. And uh, Jackie is going to be leading us in our praying uh, a bit later on. Uh, now, uh, give me a wave if you had your car washed here yesterday. Way good, good. There was an amazing time yesterday, or um, if you enjoyed one of the cakes, or if you spotted the cakes out there this morning. I want to ask um, uh, Owen, yeah, do you want to come up, Owen, to, uh, to tell us uh, about how it went yesterday. Uh, Owen and Thomas, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay, so we have a very important announcement to make. Today, after the service, there's going to be a cake sale out in the cafe. Yesterday, while um, car washing, we raised over £700 from washing cars and selling cakes. Though we had so many extra cake donations, we, continue it, we continued it today to see how much more money we could raise. We are raising money for a family in Uganda who are having a bit of trouble at the moment. All the cakes and goodies out in the cafe are going to be just purely from donations, so there is no set price. Yeah. Please buy cakes, and thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And if you want to know more about the uh, project that's being supported in Uganda, there's information out there, or have a chat with, uh, with some of the youngsters who've uh, uh, been helping to raise this money. Really well done. Thank you. Um, so our, our young people will be going uh, to their groups downstairs uh, after about a couple of songs, after about 15 minutes. Um, now, I was reflecting, the Bible says a lot about fathers. Uh, some of you will have been given a chocolate as you came in uh, saying happy Father's Day um, and I was, uh, I was looking at, uh, at what the Bible says about fathers and Father God and how God is a father to you and so many places it talks about God as father it says I will be a father to you and, will, and you will be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has co compassion on those who fear him. Throughout the Old Testament, we hear these, these uh, indications as God as father. And Jesus uh, gave that story 
about the young man who went away from his father and got himself into a real mess and then decided to return. And he got up and went to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms round him and kissed him. It's that Father God that we come to worship, to know his embrace, to know his touch today. And I pray that each of us would know that too. If you have a contribution to bring during the, the course of our time together this morning, please come up to, uh, to, to, to me or Nathan uh, and use the microphone. Then we can all hear it. But let's now worship that Father God. So good morning, I'm Christine. I'm going to be leading you this morning. The only reason we can come to our Father God is because of Jesus. And in Revelation, it speaks of Jesus in two different ways. One of the 24 elders said to John, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. Jesus is referred to as the Lion of Judah, like the king of animals. And then John saw a lamb, looked as though it had been slaughtered. And they sang a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So let's stand if we're able and worship the lion and the lamb.
song Jules is going to lead some actions if the children want to come to the front and copy her that'd be great
see on the hill of Calvary, our Saviour fled from me.
Father, please bless, bless the children and the young people as they go now to their own groups. Be with them, we pray.
This morning, my Bible reading, I, I read these words. Um, Be reconciled to God, for, Christ, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And I was thinking about reconciliation, and, uh, and, and, and God reminded me of this when, when Chris meant read about the prodigal son this morning, um, about the son who realised that he'd done wrong and that he needed his father and he needed his father's love. And I just felt that I, God doesn't, doesn't give you words for nothing. He doesn't let you read the Bible and not affect you. And I just felt that God's love was here today for someone who felt far away from God this morning. Maybe you're here for other people. Maybe you're here for your children. Maybe you're here because you come regularly and you just, it wouldn't be the same if you were at home. Um, but you, maybe you're angry with God this morning. Maybe you've got something against him. I, I just feel this word is for you. Be reconciled to God. Realize where you are before God and that he loves you today, and he will still love you. Just repent and come to him. Ask his forgiveness, and he will throw his arms around you. Now, I didn't share this with the, with the brothers at the front, but it says later on in, in 2 Corinthians 6, today is the day of salvation. And maybe this day is the day for you to become a Christian. Maybe this day is the day of your salvation. Father, thank you that you always forgive when we turn to you. Help us to turn to you afresh today. We know that you are always faithful. You always forgive when we come to you and ask for that forgiveness. Thank you, Father. Sarah, we're going to move on to faithful one. Please do stand if you would like to or remain seated.
Um, I'm going to hand over to Jackie, who's going to come and lead us in prayer. This morning, we're going to pray for unreached peoples, those people who haven't yet heard the gospel. Paul says in Romans 10, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I've chosen five countries that are among the most unreached in terms of numbers and percentage of the population. I've also chosen them because I've either visited them, have friends uh, there, or have friends who serve there. I'm going to pray for each in turn and then leave some time for you to pray some more, either for these countries or for others that are on your heart, or perhaps for other people that you know who haven't heard or accepted the gospel yet. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we pray for India. We pray for the New Frontier Commission churches who are reaching out into the rural areas of India and sharing Jesus' love and practical support with those who don't yet know him. We pray for Mali. We pray for peace and stability in the country and for the people today as they vote on the new constitution. We pray for Turkey. Lord, grant wisdom and compassionate leadership to Erdogan and his government so that they may value Christians in Turkey and increase religious freedom. We pray for Tajikistan. Economic hardship in the nation has forced many pastors and church leaders to seek work in Russia to support their families. Lord, we pray for the training of future Tajik church leaders. And we pray for Japan. We pray for open doors for God's word so that renewal can spread and both people and society will be positively and permanently impacted. And I'll leave a pause now for you to pray for countries or people who need to hear the good news.
Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Amen. I just sense whilst Jackie was just leading us in prayer, maybe one of those five nations, God was just particularly just doing something in someone's heart. And maybe as we were praying, just suddenly this compassion was just filling in your heart and you're going, what, what do I do with that? And uh, if that's you, you're just going to go, oh, I don't know what that means. Do I pray? Do I give? Do I, do I move? Massive kind of, actually, we want to be wise and, and take good stuff. If God's doing something in your heart, let God like, respond to what he's doing. And uh, come and speak to myself or speak to Jackie, who led us in prayer. Um, and we'd love just to work that through. But if God's doing something, respond to what he's doing. Chris, over to you. Or to Sean. To Sean. Good morning, folks. It's uh, great to see you all here this morning. Um, for those who don't know who I am, I, I'm Sean. I'm part of the leadership team here at Harvest Church, and uh, uh, we're continuing uh, our way, working our way through the Psalms. And uh, this week, we're going to be looking at Psalm 28. Many of you know that uh, growing up, I lived in Cornwall. And uh, you know, I like to wax lyrical about Cornwall, you know, the delights, the, the beauty, how I enjoy going back. And I guess there's many people here as well who would agree with me, but I'm not here to preach about Cornwall, obviously. But I did recall as I was preparing for this psalm, a time when I was uh, at college doing um, my A-levels. And I had a friend who, uh, um, whose parents were in the process of uh, carrying out a rear extension to their house. So we lived right the way down the far end. Uh, Hale in Cornwall surrounded, uh, you know, the, the cliffs are granite hard rock. And uh, so my friend was uh, telling me about the ex extension and they just started to dig the foundations. And uh, for those of you who have had a, maybe an extension or a house built, you know that you have to go down you know, a certain distance. It's dictated. Uh, partly by the conditions, but also by the regulations. And so that the, the builders had gone down, they should have gone down, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, 250, 300 mil foot for those in, you know, like thinking old money. And all they'd managed to go down was, you know, about 150 mil, six inches, and then they'd hit the rock. And so they called in the building inspector, and he turned up, you know, knowing everything as they do. Um, and he came through the house to the back and he looked and there was this pitifully shallow foundation. And he went, that's no good, it's not deep enough. And they said, but it's the bedrock, it, it's there. And he said, no, no, you've got to go deeper. They said, you, you can't. So he said, well, so he saw a pick and he picked up a pickaxe and he went over, got into this shallow trench, swung it with all his might and of course, it bounced back up, and the vibrations, and you know, you can imagine the sting through his hands. He went, "That'll do." <laughs> For building to build on the bedrock, you know, th that's what you want. It gives such a strong 
uh, building. It's a firm foundation. And as we look into this psalm, we will see that uh, that's how uh, David uh, describes God as his rock. That God is able, more than able, to support him. God is his bedrock uh, of his life. So, let's make a start then. Okay, so Psalm 28, it's only uh, nine verses long. And uh, as I mentioned, it's uh, written by David, as so many of these psalms were. And David is once again turning to God. He's, as we will see, he's struggling with life. He's struggling with the actions of the wicked, and therefore he turns to God. Now, we're going to look at this psalm in three parts. Um, The first one, first part, verses 1 and 2, I've entitled What? And... uh, The titles become more obvious as we go through. But basically, what is happening in this psalm? What is David doing? The second is why, and this is verses 3 to 5. And this is the reasons behind the psalm. Why is David doing the what? This is the why. And then... Finally, the, uh, the therefore, verses 6 to 9, the results, the outcome of the what. So we're going to start by reading uh, verses 1 and 2, and uh, they will come up on the screen. So this is the what. What is happening? And uh, as you can see, I've underlined uh, what I think are the key words or phrases about what is going on. Okay, so we're going to read this then. To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands towards your most holy place. So what is going on? Obviously, David is speaking to God. He is praying. Um, And you may note, as I've put up, these points, there is a progression here. David starts off by calling out to God. Then it's a, a crying out to God. And then there's a, you know, before God, a stop to holding hands up before him. I can't imagine when uh, David first wrote this that he, you know, he started to call it out to God that it was a short, quiet prayer. David is determined and desperate. He knows God is his rock, the only firm foundation, the only one worth appealing to. David puts it plainly. God, 
If you're not listening, if you are silent, I'm better off dead. I mean, you can't be any plainer than that. If God is not with him, I might as well be dead. David knows mercy and true help only comes from God. A number of years ago, um, I found myself, well, in a situation where some good friends were really struggling with life. And uh, I felt a real desperation with them. And I remember crying out to God, literally crying, tears pouring down my face, prostrate before him in anguish. Because I knew only God could respond. Praise God, he did. There's that real sense, I can see this in David, you know, that I'm desperate, only you can help, Lord. Moving on then. It says, David calls God his rock, but it's not just David who describes God as their rock. Throughout the Bible, uh, various people um, talk about God being their rock. And I'm just going to read a few verses. Um, so Hannah uh, says in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no God, no rock like our God. Isaiah, uh, in chapter 26, verse 4, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord himself is the rock eternal. And Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 12, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Throughout the Bible, we are reminded that God is eternal, everlasting, unchanging. Our firm foundation, our cornerstone. And our... our our prayers, just short, quiet one-liners? Or are we desperate before God, knowing he is our rock, the only firm foundation, eternal, our cornerstone? Does David's passion and desperation spur us on? So moving on then, We've done the what is going on, but why was it happening? Verses 3, oops, excuse me, 3 through to 5, we'll read it. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbours but harbour malice in their hearts. Repay them for their deeds and for their evil work. Repay them for what their hands have done and bring back on them what they deserve. 
because they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord and what his hands have done. He will tear them down and never build them up again. So in these uh, three verses, David is describing uh, evil people, the wicked. He, this is why he is desperate before God, because of the ways of the wicked. I want you to notice uh, the three different areas that I highlighted there. These people started off with malice in their hearts. The wickedness is festering within them. Their planning and schemes develop and then uh, breaks out into uh, carrying it out. So evil they have done. There is an outworking from what's in the heart. But also, what they haven't done, they've no regard for God. They've turned their backs upon him. They don't look to God. He is not their foundation, their rock. Now, although these things should stir us, bring us before God in prayer, I'm sure we've all got plenty of other things as well. Personal things should also bring us to our knees. Our struggles, maybe physical sickness or mental health, money, people, even issues with God. Life is full of struggles. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It may be our health or the health of others. It may be a lack of money or even too much that's causing issues. It may be how other people act or treat us. We could be struggling with God, our relationship with him. Why is he silent? Why is he letting these things happen? Why is he not doing these things that I've called out to him for? Philippians 4, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Anything and everything can be brought to God in prayer. David knew that. Do you? And then... Our final few verses. So we've done the what and the why. It's now the therefore. Verse 6. Praise be to the Lord for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people. A fortress, sorry. The Lord is the strength 
of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. So what's going on in these final three verses? David, who has been crying out to God, is confident God has heard him. God's not turning a deaf ear to him. The truth is, God always hears us, whatever we bring, at whatever time, no matter what state our faith is in, and it doesn't depend on our relationship with him, God always hears. And we need to receive that. God is listening. You may think he's silent, but he is listening. He cares for each one of us. In fact, he loves us. He loves us so much, so, so much. And to prove it, he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. We who have accepted Jesus, we're his children. God hears all our prayers. And therefore, this leads David to trust in him. Knowing God has heard his cry, his raised hands, his petitions, it leads David to declare his trust in God. He knows that God is his strength, that he doesn't need to rely on his own abilities. He knows God is his shield and will protect and watch over him. And he knows God is his helper. God is for him and getting involved in his life. So David trusts God despite all that's going on. Even though the wicked people haven't changed, David trusts God. This leads David into praising God Knowing God has heard that God is for him, that he can trust God, it leads David to praise God. You know, the situation probably hadn't changed. The wicked are still plotting and doing evil deeds. But David is praising God because he is trustworthy. And I guess the challenge here for us is, do we wait to see God act before we praise him. Maybe we're looking for the sicknesses to have gone before we praise him, or the money to come in before we praise him, or the situation, whatever it is, to change before we praise him. Or do we praise him in faith, knowing that he has heard, that he is for us, and we can trust him? We then move on. David is then declaring things. 
And in a way, David has been declaring God's attributes all along. You are my rock. The Lord is my strength. He is my shield. He helps me. But as we go then into verse 8, he changes from my God, my strength, my shield, to our. That God is not just personal, but he is available for all. David declares he is our strength. He is our fortress of salvation. David is stirred to be building others up out of his trust and his praise. He's looking to stir others into that place as well. To declare who God is and what he does to all and for all. How are we at building the faith of others? Of choosing to reveal who God really is. That we can trust him. That we, he is a fortress Strength for all. And then finally, supplication, which means to exhort or call out to God for help. Again, you may say, well, you've been doing that all along. But as we then move into verse 9, he turns again his attention to others. David asks God to save, to bless to shepherd, to carry. He longs to see the lives of others changed through a relationship with God. Is that our desire? Are we calling out, crying out, lifting hands to him that not only our lives are transformed, but the lives of others might be transformed through a relationship with him? So as we draw to a close, I just want to summarise the key points. Firstly, God is our rock. He is so much stronger than the granite. He is our bedrock. He will not move He is a firm foundation for us. Secondly, prayer is more than a shopping list. And what I mean by that, it's not just a quick fire prayer, though those are okay, but actually, really, our lives should be crying out to God. A heartfelt desire to see God move should be part and parcel of every moment of our lives. We should bring all things to God in prayer. Nothing too small, nothing too big. Bring it all. If it's a concern for us, we can bring it to him. God always hears. Always hears our prayers. may not always answer or always answer in the way we want him to, but he always, always, always hears our prayer. We can trust him. 
he knows what we need. He knows it better than we do. We can fully, completely trust him with every single area of our lives. Everything. We should be praising him. Despite the circumstances, despite maybe a lack of answer to prayer, he is worthy of our praise and we should be praising him, delighting in him. If we don't tell others about him, if we don't demonstrate Jesus to those we meet, who will? Maybe you're the only one that will meet that person and share Jesus with them. Show his love. We need to be active in seeking God for others. Lifting others up to him. I found that a number of the songs we sang earlier, it really reminded me and should remind us that we can trust God. There was a number of different verses in different songs, but one of the ones, one of the early ones, my lighthouse, he is shining in the darkness. We can follow him. We can trust the promise, he will carry me safe to shore. Even in the storms of life, he will carry me safe to shore. And I, I think for me, what really came out of that psalm was that David trusted God. Regardless of the circumstances, whether they changed or not, David trusted in his God, firm foundation. And I, I guess as we draw to an end now, um, I want to ask the question, where are you in trusting God? Are you wholeheartedly trusting in him? Do you, do you want to just come again? Is it... And this is an opportunity just to come again and declare, God, I want to trust you. I want to trust you in this situation and that one and that one. Even with that one I've been hiding for so long, I want to trust you in all things and everything in our lives. And I think it's good to declare these things. And so I'm going to ask, if you want to just make that declaration before God once again, Lord... Maybe I've not been trusting you as much as I should, or maybe I just want to trust you more. I'm going to invite folk to stand, and I'm going to pray. And I'm standing because I want to trust more. I want to give it all to him. So if you want to trust, you, know, you just want to make that declaration in your way. It doesn't have to be my words, but I just say, please stand, and I'm going to uh, pray in a moment. But I'm going to give us just a few moments before God, maybe you just want to say something to him. Maybe you want to actually give something specifically to him or apologize for not giving it to him.
So let's just take a few moments. Lord, you are our rock, a firm foundation, never shaken, never moving. Lord, you have promised to never leave or forsake us, that we can trust completely and utterly in you, giving all to you, everything. I just want to pray for us, Lord, that you would help us to trust you, whether it's in the good or the bad. Whether it's things that we've tucked away since even childhood that we've never trusted you with, Lord, I pray that we would open up our lives before you this morning and give it all to you, knowing that you are able to deal with these things too. Help us in these things that we can trust you. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a people who trust you in everything. A marked, a mark in the sand that I trust God in everything. Help us, Lord, to do that, I pray. Amen. It's interesting that uh, various people prepare different parts of our time together. Christine and the musicians have prepared worship for us. Others have heard words from God. Sean has prepared uh, thinking about the, uh, the message from that psalm. And yet it all links together. Uh, I reminded us at the start of, of the Father's love and the Father running towards us. Chris reminded us uh, of the exhortation to be reconciled to God, reminded us of the day of salvation. One of the disciples asked Jesus how they could know the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. We've sung about the faithful one, so unchanging. Sean has talked about the rock on which we stand. There have been a number of things which you may feel uh, that you want to respond to. Please don't, please don't lose this opportunity this morning. 
before we started, um, uh, some, so somebody shared a picture with us of, uh, of, of, of chicks and new life. Maybe today is a significant day for you to want to respond. Don't go from here without using that opportunity. Come, have someone pray with you. Christine and the band, would you be able to come up and play this last song for us, please? And I would encourage us, don't, don't let this opportunity slip by. couple of quick reminders before we, before we sing this, this song, which will then bring us to the close of our time together. And some of you will want to dash out there and uh, contribute to those cakes. Some of you, if you are, if, if you are new here, will have received a welcome pack. Uh, please uh, let us have your contact details using the Connect card so we can keep in touch. Others of you will want to remain in the moment of what God has been doing here. There's no hurry to have to move on from his presence. So we're going to conclude by singing this final song. So we've got a, a slightly different version of When Peace Like a River to sing. So don't uh, rush away with it. And uh, it's got a bit about God being on rock in it. I wonder if you could turn that back to just the colour, Sarah. Click on the colour so that people can read it. It's a bit... So let's stand if we're able.
whatever is going on in our lives, may we be able to declare it is well with my soul because you are the rock on which I stand. Amen.